From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Constance Alder, Mr. Dollar. Are you all right? Sure, Mrs. Alder. What made you think I might not be? Well, just you're having left the living room. Being in your own room like this, I... Oh, nothing wrong, Mrs. Alder. I'm fine. I'm sorry, El Montante took so long with his cape handling demonstration. I hope you weren't bored. Not in the least. He's very good. But you did leave. That isn't necessarily a sign of boredom, is it, Mrs. Alder? You left before I did. (laughs) Yes, of course. The hostess has to keep busy, you know. Sure. And like I said, I wasn't bored. I only left because I wanted a little air. I went out on the patio for it. Wonderful spot, Mrs. Alder. You can see everything. The harbor, the slope down from the house, even anyone who might be on it. I want to see you, Mr. Dollar. Talk to you. That figures. Where? Your car. Half an hour. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Caracas, Venezuela, to the Home Office Worldwide Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Alder Matter. Expense account continued. Sometimes it takes only a few well-chosen words to start the mountain coming to Muhammad. And it looked like I'd picked the right ones with Constance Alder. Whatever she had to say, I wanted to hear it because it was a cinch nobody else in this rat race was giving away any information. Yeah, I wanted very much to hear what Mrs. Alder had to say. I headed downstairs right away because I have a fetish about being early. But my timing was bad. Hey, Dollar, you got a minute? Well, I can hardly say no to my host, Mr. Alder. Come on in the den. Anything the matter? There's cuts on your face. What happened? Your daughter's boyfriend. Paul Kincaid? Yeah, he's got the idea you hired me to bust up their little romance. He didn't like it. That idiot. Is that all you've got to say, Mr. Alder? What? Because if it is, let me tell you how I feel about it, where I stand. Look, Dollar... No, you look. I know you're the insured, but I just about had it with you. I don't have to take that kind of talk. I think you do. You asked me to keep you alive, but you won't lift a finger to help. Every time I ask you a question, you look the other way, do an imitation of a clam... What am I supposed to be, a mind reader? All I want you to do is protect me. Oh, come on, come on, Alder. You're smarter than that. Protect you from what? You've almost been tagged out once. You must have an idea who made that try and why. I have no idea. Just like that, huh? Mr. Dollar... Look, Mr. Alder, don't you see that by not opening up, you're making a clay pigeon out of yourself? I, I can tell you nothing. You know that I'd be justified in suggesting my company cancel the policy. Well, you'll have to suit yourself about that. Excuse me. Just a minute. What did you tell your family and guests about me? Who am I supposed to be? An old friend from up in the States. Uh Uh-huh. You realize something, old friend? That's the first question I ever asked that you had an answer for. It's the first one I considered you had a right to ask. Mr. Alder. Yes? Yes? Whose side are you on? Yours 
or the person who's trying to kill you. Oil-rich Billy Alder, business mind par excellence, super salesman deluxe. The man who could sell or talk you into anything. Well, could he say one word that might keep another bullet from coming his way? It sure didn't look like it. I left the den, was just starting out to my car to meet Mrs. Alder. I must have been real anxious for our chat because I suddenly realized I'd forgotten my car keys. I hurried back upstairs and at the top almost bowled over a woman who was about to come down. Oh, I'm so sorry. My fault. That's all right. No, no. I should have looked where I was going. Here, uh, are you hurt, Miss... It's perfectly all right. Excuse me, please. Sure was a hard house to make acquaintances in, even when they were old and drab and stern-looking. Well, I went to my room, got my car keys and my wallet, which lay alongside them. The position of the wallet was interesting. I shut the door, headed once more for my car. The lady of the house was waiting. We took off. I know who you are, Mr. Dollar, while you're here. I'm sure you do. I was just back in my room. What? I'll give you a tip. Never search a pro's room. He always puts an article down in a certain position, then memorizes it automatically. A searcher can never replace it exactly the same way. With me, it's wallets. I did not go into your room. Oh, then name a guess for me, will you? Fifty-ish kind of lady, kind of faded, severe-looking? Why? I'm just curious. Doris Cole, a very old friend from the States. Mind telling me where her room is? Right next to yours. Why? Well, I just ran into her as she was coming downstairs. She looked a little, um, call it worried. That's ridiculous. She'd have no more reason to search your room than I would. Sure. Let's forget it. A little while ago, I saw you searching out on the slope. And you know I saw you. Now, what were you looking for? An empty cartridge? You think I fired that shot at my husband? Someone did. And there are easier places to go for a stroll than on that slope. I know what you're thinking. But you're wrong. I just wanted to see if I could find some trace of whoever had done it. A shell from a gun. Well, that's interesting, to say the least. I don't like your tone, Mr. Dollar. I don't blame you. Because you just made a boo-boo. Only an automatic ejects a shell. A revolver doesn't. In other words, you knew what kind of gun was used. Uncomfortable, Mrs. Alder? Why don't you go home? Like to live dangerously, Mrs. Alder? Slapping the driver of a moving car? Pretty foolish, isn't it? I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. All right, tell me something. How did you know what I was really here for? My husband. I made him tell me. Well, congratulations. I can't get him to tell me the time of day. And he knows whose side I'm on. We rode back to the house without exchanging another word, and one thing was obvious. The chic Mrs. Alder had apologized all right, but the anger I'd stirred up could have powered a fair-sized city for a week. When we reached the house, she simply got out, headed for it as though I were a process server she wanted to get away from. I went to my room, trying not to look like a process server, to figure what my next step would be. I was suddenly very grateful to whoever had chosen my room because of two things. The excellent view of the Alder patio and what was happening on it. Mrs. Alder and Doris Cole were having a discussion with Mrs. Alder doing all the talking. Even from this distance, I could see the anger on both their faces. Then, after a few minutes, both women went into the house. Five minutes later, I was still wishing I could have heard the words. Well... Miss Cole, 
Won't you come in? Well, I uh, only stopped for a moment. Glad you did. I uh, just wanted to apologize for my behavior when we ran into each other on the stairs a little while ago. Oh, nonsense. It was my fault. No, no. I, I meant, well, I was so brusque and... Well, I just don't know what I could have been thinking of. Oh, you were nothing of the kind. Don't worry about it. You're, you're very nice about it. Very nice. Well, uh, excuse me now, won't you? Oh, sure thing, Miss Cole. Thanks for taking the trouble. Yes, yes. I watched her as she hurried down the hall. An awkward woman who left you with one strong impression that she had little feel for the social graces. The impression was emphasized about two minutes later by a second visitor, one who knew all about the social graces, Constance Alder, all smiles and charm. I'll bet you thought we ran out of food, Mr. Dollar. <laughs> I was kind of wondering. Blame El Mantante. Does he eat everything in the house? Oh, no, not quite. He just refuses to allow dinner to be served, insists that tonight he's the host, that it's his evening. Oh, what does that mean? Dinner in town, the high lie matches, and night clubbing afterward. He simply won't be refused. Insists that everyone in the house be his guest. Sound attractive? Well, it would be pretty hard to say no to an offer like that. Good. Don't be long. Everyone's dressing like mad. Should be quite an evening. It was. Montante was acknowledged to be a great matador. He had just as much class outside the arena. He ordered a dinner, and it was gourmet time. He placed our bets at the highlight matches, nothing but winners. And at the nightclub, nothing but champagne. For a group of people living in a house loaded with tension, it was a ball. And a lot of it was because of the matador's quiet, easy manner. He was a man who knew how things should be done and did them. It was pretty tough not to like him. Constance Alder seemed to feel the same way, her eyes always on him. But the matador himself was never once out of line, never said or did anything that could possibly offend Billy Alder. And for a busy host, he was observant. I found that out while the others were dancing. Perhaps I can answer the question, Senor Dollar. I haven't asked one, Senor Montante. In words, no. But it's not difficult to interpret. You watch Mrs. Alder, then me. Then a question is in your eyes, no? You're a pretty sharp fellow, Senor Matador. And a gentleman, Senor. I do not pursue other men's wives. The question is answered? Partly. What happens when you're the pursuit? I see. Senor Dollar, women with money but without great beauty, they try to compensate, each in her own way. Hers is not unusual. Acquisition. The company and attendance of a man who is presentable, admired. I am not unknown in the arena. So for the moment, it is my company. Tomorrow, a better-known companion, if one should appear. As simple as that. It's sad, no, senor? And a little embarrassing. Thanks. And I'm the one who's embarrassed. I thought your eye was on the Alder fortune. <laughs> senor, you know what I receive for a Sunday afternoon in any Latin American country? $10,000. Sometimes more. Your question is answered, senor? Well, not quite. Why does a fellow take bullfight lessons? Like I said, the evening was pleasant, but it was still a job. Watching Doris Cole now, awkwardly dancing with Billy Alder, I kept thinking of her argument with Mrs. Alder, her furtiveness. I felt sure she'd been the one who'd searched my room and there would never be a better chance to return the compliment. 
So I developed a sudden killing headache, and over the protests of the others, said goodnight and grabbed a cab for the Alder House in Aguiara. In Miss Cole's room, I did a hurried but thorough search and came up with two things that proved real interesting. A passport with Doris Cole's picture, but made out to one Dora Jansen, and an unsigned letter postmarked New York. In a quick scrawl, it said simply that the Caribbean star would arrive in La Guerra on the 17th. I'm sorry about your headache, Mr. Dollar, but there is no aspirin in my room. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, motives for murder are like peanuts. Once you start, you can't stop. One difference, though. A peanut won't kill you. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Tony Barrett, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking. <laughs> <laughs> 